When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. The Ravens have their 2023 NFL draft class. This is take two for us doing this because take one was interrupted by them trading back into the seventh round. Uh, so we had to run out of, of the lounge. Yeah. I guess, I guess as we're recording this, the, the seventh round hasn't completely finished yet. I, so I swear to God. <laughs> so hopefully we don't have to rush out of here again for uh, the Ravens trading back in for Mr. Relevant. Yes. Anyway, really successful draft for the Ravens. I'm really stoked about this draft class. Let's run through the entire class here at the top just so we have a review here. First round, number 22 overall, wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Ravens didn't have a second-round pick because they traded it for Roquan Smith last season. Uh, in the third round, they drafted number 86 overall, linebacker Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. In the fourth round, day three started with outside linebacker Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss. In the fifth round, the Ravens selected cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford. In the sixth round, they picked tackle uh, Sal- Salu Salu Amu. <laughs> All right, hold on. Wait, I got it. Sala Amu Amuve Laulu. Yeah. A- Eric, I, did I get it? I think it was close. In the press conference close at enough. the end of the day, Eric Tacosta just said, I'm going with Sala. All right, let me give it one more shot here. I want to hit it. Okay. Sala Amuve Laulu. I think that was right. I think I got that. I think that was well done. Nailed it. And then, as we said, the Ravens traded back into the seventh round of this year's draft uh, to like select Andrew Voorhees, a guard out of USC. Yep. So that is your entire six-man class. There, it looked like it was going to be a five-man class. Six-man class. Garrett, uh, let's start with, you know, we didn't have a pod after uh, day two. Let's go through and kind of give a little bit of our breakdown on each of the picks, starting uh, with Trenton Simpson. Yeah, well, Trenton Simpson, I think, clearly, when the Ravens talked about that, they said this is just best player available. They felt like, you know, we don't know exactly who the Ravens were targeting on that second day. Um, I think it was difficult for them to just sit there and wait and watch a bunch of guys fly off the board. Yep. You basically, the draft starts and you wait two and a half hours before you pick. And Eric Costa said they kind of got cleaned out on that day, so I don't know if that meant whether that was that he was rushers. They had like corners. a list of what was it, seven to eight guys that they thought like, yeah, we'd be happy to get any of these guys, but that third round pick, and Simpson was the last guy on that list. Yeah, so a bunch of the players end up flying off the board. Um, but I think that they basically looked at it, and Simpson is the best player available. He's somebody who can fly all over the field. Um, they also like his ability on special teams. That came up multiple times when they talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so a run-and-hit linebacker. He's big. Like, when I look at him, too, like, he's he's big. He's got good speed. 6'2", 234. Yeah, but he, 
Like he, pretty big for a linebacker. It is pretty big, and like he was a versatile player. Like he was kind of played in a variety of different roles in Clemson's defense. Um, and they yeah, I mean, the Ravens some in nickel. He's outside, inside, even at nickel. He's not. Gonna I, play I don't think he's going to play any corner. He's not going to play any corner for us. I don't Just think saying, that's that the case. Kind of his athleticism. And he, he ran the a forty and four 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 three. Okay. He was a point zero one seconds slower than Zay Flowers. Yeah, so he's got. Off the charts speed and athleticism, um, just in general. Yeah, like he's just a rare athlete. So, um, and the Ravens view him really as an off the ball linebacker. Um, so, w- how they end up using him this year, you know, we'll see. But um, I think that the athlete there, the potential, it just was a best player available pick. And and honestly, just at a big picture level, like I know we're going to go through every individual player, yeah. but that was the theme of this draft with that Eric Dacosta said. That's player available. He he said at the end what we thought was the end. Basically, I I just kind of put need to the side because this team doesn't have a bunch of different needs. And so Mm -hmm. they said, in some ways, in a lot of ways, that just frees him up to say, trust the process, trust the board, take the best player available rather than trying to fit the exact needs that you're trying to fill. Yeah, I mean, and they really did kind of fill the needs. Now, the one was they didn't get an early cornerback, right? That was the one need going in that we thought – with one of their first two picks, they're going to take a corner. Everybody was like, is it going to be wide receiver corner or corner wide receiver? Yep. Right? And they didn't do that. And you know, corner they was... They didn't get a corner until the fifth round. And so that's really of, the, the the one position that yeah, was a need that they didn't... It was also the, the most glaring need. If you were ranking needs right, going in, sure. corner was ahead of wide receiver after correct. the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. That's correct. Uh, so just my take on Trenton Simpson. Like you said, I mean, this guy's a freak. He's a freak. Right and and in kind of the positionless defensive football that is played in today's NFL, it, he's a great fit for that. You mm-hmm. know, he can he, like we said, he's very versatile. Mike McDonald's going to have a lot of fun thinking of ways to to get this guy involved. Obviously, the Patrick Queen situation. Whatever happens with Patrick Queen, is he you know eventually replace him? Who knows? Yeah. Right. We don't know what's going to happen with Patrick Queen. Eric DaCosta again said he's not going to really get into whether he's going to pick up the fifth year option with him. We'll know that at the deadline, the May one deadline. So, um, you know, kind of, I mean, as a guy that reminds me of PQ, I mean, PQ is a freak athlete too, coming out of LCO. Everybody was talking about his athleticism. He can, you know, will linebacker can run all over the field, all that stuff. Trenton Simpsons reminds me a little bit of that mm-hmm. in that mold. Um, so, but just too good of a player. Really, I was impressed with him as a kid. All these, all these players, yeah. talking to the media, like very impressive people, yeah. not just players. Very impressive people, and generally speaking, I think the 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 kind of trend was like high upside, very high upside. You know, some of them like might not be very polished right now. You know, but the up the upside there is really like with some of these day three picks, really big. Yeah, um, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, I think that there's – I agree with you on the people thing. It definitely seems like character-wise from just the conference calls, you know, you can only tell yeah. so much through a 10-minute conference call. Well, or I mean, whatever, he's, a, he's a military kid. The write-ups, the stories, yeah. um, the, 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 the way features, the backstories, the, the vibes that we got in talking with these guys briefly certainly came across as an impressive bunch of people, not yeah. just football players. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's go to day three, round four. Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss, six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds, from Canada, yeah, Canada, and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss. Yeah, I think well, he's, he grew up in Canada. He get, he grew up in Canada. He played at Ole Miss. Um, you know, he was thinking that he was probably gonna maybe we gonna try to play in the CFL. 
you know, and also another theme here, you know, we always talk about the stories. They like the, you they know, the story. and, and they like can't resist a, a lot of guys have good stories here in this, in this class. He was going to work for 1-800-JUNK. Got junk? Got junk. One Come on, man. Junk. And he, uh, on. And, and he, a couple days before starting, ended up getting the offer to go down to Ole Miss and then ends up basically packing up, heading down to Ole Miss. Yeah, he was sending out his tape everywhere. So he, he thought he was going to play in the CFL. The pandemic happened. Football got closed down completely in Canada. Yep. So he said, all right, I'm gonna, I want to play. I want, I'll see if I can go to the States and play. Started sending out all his tape. And then, lo and behold, like every big-time program was like, yeah, we're interested. Uh-huh. A bunch of them. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so decides to go to Ole Miss and doesn't go to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Yeah. Real and, missed opportunity. But, it, you know, so he's like, to talk about your high ceiling thing, I think he – to me, really falls into that category. Oh, for like, sure. He's an ascending player. Eric Tacosta had the comparison that he threw out was Darius Smith. Yeah. And Darius Smith was a late bloomer, played basketball, decided to play football late in his career. Ends up kind of, he ends up falling in the fourth round. Well, he went the Juco route, I believe. Yeah, right? and it was just like, you know, this guy's athletic, but hasn't played a ton of football. Mm-hmm. You know, good measurables. We'll Freaky see. athlete. Mm-hmm. A lot of similarities there. And so... Yeah. Well, certainly, if it turns into a Zedary Smith-type pick, that would be a home I mean, run. That would be a home run. <laughs> that would be a home run. <laughs> one of the run. best pass rushers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude's huge. Six foot six, two sixty. They really talked about, and he talked about on his call with us, the motor, the high motor. You know, he said that he, a player he's always looked up to is Max Crosby, yeah. the defensive end of the Raiders, primarily because of his high motor, just how hard he plays the game. Eric DaCosta talked about that also yep. in the review press conference. Just this guy's always running to the ball. And so, you know, you see a player who really developed, really took big strides once he got into a big-time program at Ole Miss, who plays hard, wants to be really good, the desires there, the freakish athleticism there, like checks a lot of boxes, right? Like the production, I think he had seven and a half sacks or something, seven sacks last year. Uh, tied for the most forced fumbles in FBS yeah. in college football. So, like, a lot of, you know, it's not just, oh, he has the tools. He also was productive last year. Like, yeah, it's not just a measurable like, Became a football player, yeah. you know? But it's, it, the, the trajectory that you're looking at is on, he's on the right upward trend. Oh, it's like totally. okay, this well, is the all guy. these guys. I mean, if you're if you just got drafted, you better have an upward trend. <laughs> if you're going well, down at this point in your career, well, that's very bad. But I think but his the, is like spiking. Like, yeah. like there's a high slant to that puppy. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like again, guy who hasn't played football in the states for all that long, and right. so you hope that like you get him here, coach him up, all that yep. stuff. Like that man, like well, they he got could really Smith. take off. They hired Chuck Smith as their out, outside linebackers coach, Doctor Rush. Uh, has a new patient. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. You're not going to give me a laugh for that? Dr. Rush has a new patient? <laughs> <laughs> come on. You're, you're, on, you're on cruise control. Wake up, man. Come on. I, you're, I've been listening to your jokes for like the last 72 hours, and they just... <laughs> they just start to fall flat. I, I don't even... like. They don't even resonate anymore. <laughs> In one ear, out the other. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to compare him just real quick, and then we'll wrap him up. I, I was thinking, like, the question with him is, is he a DN? Is he an outside linebacker? He was kind of a hybrid. You know, he stood up his first year at Ole Miss... Uh, and then put his hand in the dirt the last two years and had more production with his hand in dirt. In Baltimore, you would think maybe they used him in both. You know, Zedaria Smith did both. Sometimes he was in a, a two-point stance. Sometimes he was a four-point stance, you know. So um, maybe he'll do that in the NFL. That's kind of the question. It, it, he's a little bit of a tweener, D-end outside linebacker. I was wondering, is he Brent Urban? Granted, the Canadian roots kind of played into that comp. Ah. but. Eric said, you know, more close to Zadarius. So, yeah, I think they want him to stand up. 
Yeah, and and part of that could I mean the the, the trend to some degree you know you talk about positionless football and all that yeah, like, yeah. that could also mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know be he can minimize and be part of the pass rush package you know right. yeah right. get and another pass rusher on the field and so there's a bunch of guys who kind of fall into that like the tweener categories mm-hmm. um, with different layers of the defense totally yep. so maybe he's one of those guys as well all right so fifth round the Ravens draft cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford and now this is a little bit of a different pick you know I talked about how a lot of high really high yeah, ceiling yeah. this was more of like a really high floor kind of player, right? Like, this is a four-year starter at Stanford who had a really, really good junior season. Uh, David Blackburn in the review press conference said he thought if he came out last year that he would have been a day-two pick. Mm-hmm. Ends up staying for his senior year uh, and and really didn't have nearly as much production in terms of PBUs, in terms of interceptions, in terms of plays. You know, he said he got to- he got targeted by targets. 25 times only, right? So, like, just kind of like the buzz kind of waned yep. about him you know and in a deep cornerback class a guy like that who with that who's that talented could last can last till the fifth round and the Ravens kind of got a bargain there mm-hmm. yeah with a very solid very good player totally and so you know he talked about going to the senior bowl um, and wanting to show NFL teams like uh yeah I still got it I'm still him like I still have the ability and you guys might have forgotten about me a little bit, and my name is, right. you know, not as high as it was a year ago. All that stuff. Yep. And he played well at the Senior Bowl, really yeah. well. He was the uh, national defensive or national player of the week, I think. Yeah. National team player so, of the week. So, really Practice good week. Player of the week, yeah. Really good week. And then, um, you know, I think the David Blackburn, who you mentioned, he scouted him on the West Coast. You know, for the past couple of years, and when mm-hmm. you start for four years at a school like Stanford, it's going to stand out. So when he really caught his eye, and it also a little plug here for the Ravens Press Pass podcast. If you are not subscribed to that, you can check out the full press conference that they did at the end of the draft mm-hmm. in its entirety. Um, but he said what caught his eye initially about Kyle Kelly was Drake London. He was matched up against Drake London. Locking him up was what caught his eye. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Drake London was struggling against Caillou Blue Kelly. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, this guy, you need to pay a little extra attention to him. Uh, He also had some good battles with Jordan Addison. Right. Uh, Jordan Addison got one big, long touchdown against him, but then really kind of strapped him up the rest of the time. Yeah, so he's had some some big matchups in his career. So high floor player. And also, you want to talk about impressive. Woo! His oh, press conference. Person? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, this guy—he's he's talking he's about Stanford. Real, yeah, he's—he he's, <laughs> that checks out. Stanford guy. Stanford guy. That checks out. I mean, he's talking about real estate development and his video game uh, created creation, which sounds pretty cool. His video game, like I haven't played video games in a long time, but I, like, I kind of want to play this game. I want. I do want to play this game. He's he talking did, about Seal Squad. He or, described it as he didn't want to give too much away. I guess yeah. there's also a movie that's going along it's with based it. Based off a movie. All right. So the premise of these games is that you go back and Seal Team Sixes throughout history. And you stop historical events from taking place. So it's yep. like a Back to the Future vibe. Save the Titanic. Yeah, you sure. Steer away from the iceberg. I, I don't know what all the different scenarios are. I don't are, know but if it's that's impressive. Seal Team Six mission. I don't know. I don't know exactly what Seal Team Six missions are. He didn't want to say too much. He didn't want to give too much away about the movie or the uh, <laughs> the game. But impressive guy. Very impressive. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, and also like very athletic. Six foot. 195, like very loose, very fat, like like good athlete yeah. also, you yeah. know. And so um, he looked, he was going step for step with Jordan Addison. I think some of his speed, his long speed, was a little bit of the question mark maybe also and why he, he lasted until the fifth round. But 
looked pretty fast going against Jordan Addison, who's a big play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next round, sixth round, uh, Salah, Amu, oh, man, here we go again, Amu V Laulu. This is a six foot five, three hundred and twenty five pound blocker out of Oregon who's just like forklifts people. I mean, you talk about a impressive size, just wide body, big bone. He's the opposite of you. He's strong and yeah, just uh, I, just well, like I, he a should mauler. be. He's playing offensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah. I would hope that he is. He's six <laughs> or five, three hundred plus black pants. Uh, I mean, just like a big dude who mauls people. Very physical blocker. You know, I think the reason that he's here is you know there's technique stuff that needs to be cleaned up. You know, bending at the waist, all that kind of stuff is what you read in the scouting reports. Uh, but this is a developmental prospect to give to Joe D. Uh, on his birthday, by the way. Did you know it's Joe D's birthday? Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday. On on his birthday, he gets two linemen with the last pick. Developmental interior, probably linemen. Yeah. You know, now now he played tackle. Uh, Salah played tackle, primarily right tackle at Oregon. But Joe Ortiz said certainly he sees the potential for him to move inside the guard. Yeah, he could. Um, and so let's just kind of keep rolling here to the last bit. Well, I would just want to say they had Daniel, Daniel Fa'alele, yeah. right, who's like your development developmental big-body tackle. Mm-hmm. Now they got the guard. Exciting stuff. A, well, lot, a lot of talent kind of replenished the interior offensive line. Well, there's a lot of belief in in Joe D as offensive line yeah, coach, and he's got sure. a great track record of developing yes. guys. I mean, look at Ben Powers, totally. you know, fourth-round pick, and now gets his big contract, and totally. there's a lot of Orlando Brown, third-round pick. Yeah, and so he's had a lot of success in develop, helping develop offensive linemen. And so both of these guys as late-round picks um, I think could turn out to be potential starters for sure on this line at some point. Right. Well, you talk, you think about the uh, Eric was drawing comparisons to the 1999 draft class. You know who was in that draft class? Edwin Mulatalo, mm-hmm. late fifth round, I think, late guard yeah. pick, who turned out to be a very key starter on the Super Bowl team. Yeah, so that could be the case, and and then the last pick they trade back in, they give up a sixth rounder next year yep. uh, to move back into to the Cleveland. seventh round to take Andrew Voorhees, who's an offensive lineman out of USC, six foot four. Six foot six. Six foot six. So there was different. Three, Here's three the thing. Ten. We get different. We got different numbers initially when they started coming in. So it's like which 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 sheet are we working off here? Yeah. Uh, six six three ten. Six six three ten. He tore his ACL at the combine. Yeah. So he's not going to play this year. Right. You know the expectation. This is basically a redshirt year with him. But before that injury, he was a day two pick, most likely. Maybe right. a high day two pick. Who knows how high he could have gone? But. Right. Um, you know, he has that injury, and then he's basically going to miss this season, but the Ravens felt like it was just too much value there in the seventh round that right. they had to get back in. Well, even after the injury, dude still did the bench press at the combine with a torn ACL, put up 38 reps. Yeah, so he tore his ACL, so like, and he went and sat down on the bench and said, I'm still doing this. I mean, you look for toughness in offensive linemen, I think you got it. Yeah. That's like a Marshall Yonda-esque story. That is a Marshall Yonda-esque That's story. That's a story he's going to tell a lot, I have a feeling, over the years. Yep. And, and, you know... Eric DaCosta, obviously, last year showed with David Ajabo, like, when the value, he is willing to say, all right, guys, and he even said this before the draft, injuries heal, you know, like, it's only a matter of time. They get better from these injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So you, if you can get incredible value because of an injury, like, he sees that as a bargain. And so that's what they got last year with David Ajabo, who they, you know, talk about, it, it, who is a first-round talent. Would have been a first-round pick had he not torn his his Achilles at his pro day. Now, Andrew Verhees, you get big-time value because the guy's got an ACL. 
they don't need him to play as a rookie. They yeah. have plenty of guards. Yep. They, it's they're going to have a good competition for replacing Ben Powers at left guard. So he wouldn't have probably won that anyway. Mm-hmm. So whatever. He sits out his rookie year. He gets a redshirt year, and then he's competing for that job next year. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, again, you get these two developmental offensive linemen, um, give them to Joe D and and let them work. Yep. Let them develop. I think the real reason that they drafted Voorhees is long, loyal listeners allows me to know this. So we had <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah on the podcast, and he made the point that he expects the Ravens to pick more than five players. He said they trust that process way too much. They are going to pick more than five players in the yep. draft. If they don't, if I have a piece of paper in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Okay? Right. He's going to eat the paper in front of him on the draft desk. Right. So And Eric DeCosta loves trading so much that he can't resist was kind of part of the thought process. Exactly. And so then we make the five picks. Ravens are done. You know, press conference is on <laughs> underway. We start walking to it's, the lounge. You know, we say, you know what? Let's let's get that clip. We get that clip. We tweet it at the NFL Network and Daniel Jeremiah. Say, all right, DJ, it's time. It is time for you to eat the piece of paper. Draft <laughs> press conference takes place. Ten minutes after that, we're sitting here to record the episode of the lounge and get the call. They've traded back in. They now have six picks. They've taken Andrew Voorhees. And Daniel Jeremiah is saved by the bell. Yep. Well, and the other part of that story that you left out was the final question or one of the final, last questions in the re- mm. review po- uh, review press conference was from yours truly, in which I asked Eric Casa, you know, what it felt like, uh, how he <laughs> felt only making five picks. And, you know, everybody thought he was going to trade back and we were going to get extra picks and ha ha ha, we didn't. How did it feel? And uh, so really what this is all about is making me look like an idiot and saving Daniel Jeremiah. That's well, what it's about. That's the theme of the weekend, you know. Right. That's I, like, I already lost the our mock. mock draft. You already got Zay Flowers. I already lost that. I've already had to deal with that all weekend long. Yep. A pit in my stomach. Yep. Because Zay Flowers is my guy. You just <laughs> happen to pick him. Yeah, that's how mock drafts work. Thank yeah. you. But he's my guy. <laughs> okay. You just picked my guy. Uh-huh. <sighs> And so I've had to deal with that all week, and everybody making fun of me, the Garrick one, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And then I asked the question, how's it feel to make five picks? Ha, 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 make you wrong. We made six. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. I think they left <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's just take one more jab at make here before exactly. the weekend's over. Exactly. He already missed. I mean, Ortiz, we talked to him on Friday. He's giving you a hard time. I mean, it's a tradition around this building. You got to take a shot at Mink. Yeah. It's a tradition. Yeah, that and that ex- tradition extends beyond draft weekend. It's a daily <laughs> Did you tradition. see the shot of them in the war room after making the board? I know, they were laughing. They, they were laughing. You guys their see that question from <laughs> They were laughing. I just know it. Yeah. I can't, well, that's a good teaser. We're going to have Eric DaCosta on the lounge yeah, yeah. next week, uh, and we're going to have to ask him that. Was that a direct shot at me? That was Trek shot, right? right. <laughs> um, all right, this is a good chance to take a break, and when we come back, we will give you some more thoughts about this draft class. All right, we're coming to you from the Seat Geek Studio for this episode of The Lounge. And the DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens. And it has a limited time offer that you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using the code FLOCK. New customers can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code FLOCK. Please play responsibly. And for help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER you got to be 21 or older to play and physically present in Maryland. 
Also, the Preakness Stakes is right around the corner, so get ready for a Preakness unlike any other. Pimlico Racecourse is preparing to host the uniquely Maryland tradition on May 20th, 2023. Racing fans can experience the action with an afternoon of on-site thrills and a legendary lineup of entertainment. For more info and to get your tickets, visit www.preakness.com. So, I kind of gave my big picture takeaway, you know, about the draft. Best um, player available, that's your point? I think it was, I think it was generally, and I, I would also say the other part of it is, like, it will. it's going to be interesting. They only had initially, obviously, five picks. They end up taking six. Zay Flowers is going to play a really important role this year, really mm-hmm. important role. Mm-hmm. The rest, it will be interesting to see how much they end up playing this year. Like, I don't know that there is 100% certainty for a immediate path onto the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like I said, role. kind of like some developmental, like, high-ceiling guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> Tavius Robinson, I mean, maybe, he, you know, he's, like, becomes a, a big-time, you know, a pass rusher like Zadarius, I think, had six sacks his rookie year or something, four, six sacks his rookie mm-hmm. year. Right, like maybe he's a situational pass ru- pass rusher right. that can put up some numbers. Um, you know, they need more pass rush off the edge. Trenton Simpson, like we said, you know, we'll see what happens to Patrick Queen. Uh, I would expect that he could be a rotational kind of guy. You know, he's not going to be a starter uh, right. right away. Uh, Kyrie Blue Kelly, I mean, I think a reserve cornerback. I, I don't, I right. don't expect that he's going to step into the spot vacated by Marcus Peters right away. You right, know, well, which which that'll, just that'd right. be a lot asking a lot of a fifth round pick, uh, and then and then you have the two interior offensive linemen who are really seen as developmental kind of guys. Right, so if it's I agree, it's got a high ceiling, um, with the exception of Zay Flowers, who I think is the oh, Ravens plug and play. in for plug big time play. production yeah. this year. Yes, um, he's going to be a huge piece of this offense. I think this offense, just I mean, obviously the Lamar Jackson piece and the contract extension there that took place on Thursday. Uh, we've talked about that on a couple other podcasts. Um, but obviously that sets your offense up to be in a really good position. And with the move the yeah. Ravens have made, I just think that this, like, this offense is ready to go. The offense is Yeah, I mean, there weren't many needs on offense at all. It was yeah. really another weapon for Lamar, yeah. another wide receiver, which they got a primo one. I yep. mean, pretty awesome pick. And uh, But beyond that, I mean, you weren't going to draft probably a starting left guard. And you That's have guys in house. You have guys in house who you yeah. feel pretty good I mean, about. They drafted competing, two but. tight ends last year. They re- they have all their running backs back. Yep. Right. Like, what else were you drafting on offense? So it was wide receiver, and and then some developmental interior guys that will, whatever, become starters down the road. Right. Hopefully. And and, and then, then defense. And then you just added some pieces to this defense. Right. You and could on, be rotational players. You know. Exactly on defense, like you you really don't have like the. I mean, on offense, of course, at wide receiver, running back, you're rotating. But offensive line, primarily, it's those five guys yeah. the whole game, right? Like, on defense, you're mixing. You have a much better chance of having guys, like, play a role, mm-hmm. right? Like, kind of getting some reps in the rotation. And I think all of these guys could do that. You know, m- depends on injuries. Now, now maybe Caillou Blue Kelly, you know, he talked about how he feels like he can play in, in the slot also in the nickel. The Ravens do have an opening there, especially because Kyle Hamilton played a lot in the slot last year, but 
you would presume he's going to play more in the Chuck Clark spot, certainly yeah. be a little bit more of a deeper outside the out of the box safety. So that opens up. You have two cornerback back spots really open. Now yeah, I think I think that Brandon Pe- Stevens is I think going to be a primary contender for one of those. Yes, but like could Caio Blue Kelly get some snaps in nickel? Sure. I mean, Pepe Williams did last year. Well, I think Pepe Williams could and will again this year. Will likely right. get Jalen Jalen Armour Davis. And I, I I still like you know Jalen Armour Davis. You know, got hurt last year, and you know we didn't see too much of him. But yeah. a lot of talent there. Oh, so, for sure. I mean, they drafted him thinking this is a starting outside corner. This is a boundary perimeter starting talent corner. And like from the time we're going back into the draft here, you know, talk about last year's draft. But he said at last year's draft, and what many times since then, like from the time he got to Alabama, people were like, "You're you're Anthony Averett. You remind me of Anthony Averett. Mm-hmm. Like everything about you." And Anthony Averett was slower to get on the field both at Alabama and here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And but when he got on the field, he played pretty well. So yeah. that could be the case with Jalen Armour Davis. Yeah. And just in terms of corner, it's like so. What's next? Like, will the Ravens add a corner? Obviously, Marcus Peters is still on the market. Yep. There were reports that Rocky Sin visited here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's somebody ago. that the Ravens could add. Um, I think that they will definitely add a veteran corner. I think they're going to add least a corner. One. I think they're going to add. A corner. I mean, Eric Dacosta's. You know, now with getting the Lamar deal done, the Ravens do have more cap room. You would presume we haven't seen the numbers of what his cap hit is next year, but you would presume that they have more cap space than they did before getting the yeah, deal done. Yeah. And so that allows them to make some moves over the next month or so in this next wave of free agency. And Eric Costa said that, you know, like he expects that they're going to be active. And so they're still going to augment this roster. You know, Justin Houston is another guy, right? Like, you know, do you bring him back? Sure, you have Tavia, Tavius Robinson, but like, the guy led the Ravens in sacks last year with nine and a half. Wouldn't shock me if they still want to bring back another veteran there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think the Ravens are certainly they're absolutely not done building this team and cornerback. I absolutely believe that there'll be in that market. Yeah, I think that within the next, you know, days, weeks, whatever the, the amount of time is, there will be at least one more veteran corner. Yep, on this team, like I said. Yep. Who's your favorite pick of the draft? We always talk about this. Favorite pick. I mean, for me, I think it, uh, like the low hanging fruit here is Zay Flowers. I would I would point to him. I just think that he's somebody right. that gives him electric yeah, you're right. offense. It's too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. That's the favorite pick. All right, it's the favorite easy. pick. It's All also right. the All pick right. that I predicted. All right. How, how many did mock that players did you get right? In your da, 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 da. was it da, zero? Da, da. We're moving on. It was zero, da, da, da. right? We're moving on. All right. Who is your favorite? Zero. One <laughs> 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 over this year. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. All right. <laughs> I'll stop. I won't move on. I blew it this year. I whiffed. <laughs> I whiffed. All right. I didn't even really come close so many. Not close. It was a bad year for me. No, they would have taken Banks. We'll ask Eric when he comes They the would have taken Banks. They He was there. They, they could have taken Banks. I'm saying if Zay wasn't on the board. If the Chargers <laughs> didn't take Quentin Johnston, uh-huh. Deontay Banks was the pick. Okay. okay. We all know that. We'll confirm a lot of, it. A lot of ifs. We'll confirm it with Eric. We'll confirm it with Eric. So I was close on that one. The rest, not so much. Um, all right. Better question. Who is your favorite day two or day three pick? Like you just like that pick a lot. Right. What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. It's it's I, I like these picks. I mean, I guess. I would go with Trenton Simpson that you get a guy who is just can fly all over the field isn't a great and is a great athlete. Um I would probably go with that pick. Yeah. 
I like. I really liked what he said afterwards. He's like, you know, I'm going to go down as the great, an all time great Raven. <laughs> like he yeah. was a confident, but confident, but not cocky not guy. Cocky, yeah, I, I liked his demeanor. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Like you're not going to regret this pick. I mean, you saw him get emotional. Yeah, you know, with his family. Uh, really liked the guy. So you're going Trent Simpson also? No, I'm. I'm actually going to go with somebody else. Um, I I like the Caillou Blue Kelly pick. Okay. I really do. I think this this is a guy. You just want to play his video game. I definitely want to play this video game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy who, like, you know, I, he's just a, a competitor, like, was a really good, you know, his junior year. There's no reason to think that, like, he got any worse his senior year. I think just outside circumstances proved it at the Senior Bowl that he can still be that dude. Like, I see, like we kind of said, like, high floor. Like, this is a guy who could step in and you feel, like, reliable. Like, a good player, yeah. you know? Um, so, I, I like that pick. I like the Tavius Robinson pick there too. I mean, if you he, turns, pick out, them all, you if pick he them all. turns out to be Zedarius, I mean, well, come on. Yeah. It, well, and then the Voorhees, I mean, he tore his ACL. I know. Look, I think that there's like, I mean, you're, you're hitting all the stories too, which <laughs> I think is like, you that that is part of one of my favorite things of draft weekend is like, you you do a lot of research on the first two rounds, you know, mm-hmm. and you get a good feel for the guys at the top of the draft. Yep. And then, like, you do the immediate research, you get a chance to talk to these guys soon after the draft is highly emotional, super excited. And you just can kind of be like, okay, I see, like, with Kyle like Blue you. Kelly, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I can see why they're so interested, the Ravens yeah. are so interested in getting you. Like, oh. like, just seems like it was, it's a pick that makes too much sense. Um, do the Ravens do you, just trade back into the draft? No, no, no. <laughs> Do you do you know any other fifth round cornerbacks out of Stanford? Uh, Richard Sherman. That's correct. Fifth round. There you go. Next round. A little bit different. Yeah. Six foot three, but Caillou's got a good size too. Yeah. Just saying, like six foot, a little different than six foot three. But anyway, yeah. Like you know, you never know. Like I like the guy's demeanor. I, I like, like the too. I, I like the pick. I like yeah, the pick. I like the pick. Um, so look, it, the players are coming here for rookie minicamp. That's a chance to see him on the field, which is an exciting time. They're going to yeah. be here later this week. I can't wait to see Zay. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. So we're going to get a chance to see them on the field. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you behind the scenes content of them in the building on the field. It's going to be exciting. Also, if you want to listen to the, all of their press conferences, uh, you can do that. You can check out the Ravens press pass podcast feed. We've got the pressers, uh, from the Ravens brass at the end of each day, as well as the individual, uh, pick pressers. Uh, from all the guys who did a conference call after they were picked. So go ahead and check that out. Subscribe to both podcasts if you haven't done so already. Leave a rating and a review, and we will be back with you later this week. 